On today's episode of Sports Medicine Weekly, we visit with a doctor of physical therapy to talk about staying healthy during an endurance sport training cycle, going the extra mile, if you will. But first, we want to thank some of our sponsors. Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit Vcell, V-C-E-L, Dot com. And this episode also brought to you in part by Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars. Best tasting bars on the market. They're certified gluten-free, paleo, no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at KarenMalkin.com. So we're visiting with Aaron Short, a physical therapist from Rush Physical Therapy. And uh, you were uh, on the women's running team, University of Illinois, D1 college swimmer, seven marathons. Aaron, I like the uh, what you've participated in and uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, how endurance athletes uh, can keep out of the PT clinic during a training cycle because, uh, boy, when they put their mind to it, um, not much is want They don't want to be held back on anything, right? So... I think it's important to discuss these things. And uh, how do we stay injury-free? What are some of your suggestions? Uh, well, thanks so much for asking, Steve, and thanks so much for having me here. I was looking forward to talking tonight. Um, as you highlighted, I do really enjoy uh, those endurance sports, doing endurance running. I've participated in swimming and triathlon. So I enjoy working with endurance athletes. I feel like I can relate fairly well to them. as It's something I enjoy myself. Uh, as much as I like working with endurance athletes, I really also like to not see them in my clinic. So a couple of things I have advice for in terms of staying injury free, I always encourage people to do a solid dynamic warmup. A dynamic warmup is a series of stretches where you're moving instead of just holding a stretch. Uh, Can you explain that? Stop right there. Yeah, that's uh, that, that one that probably goes over my head. Maybe Alex as well, Alex Soroka joining us, our producer on this podcast. So I want to stop you right there. Explain that. Absolutely. So a, a dynamic warm-up is a type of stretching where you're moving actively through the stretch. So it may be stretching your quad, taking a couple steps, stretching the opposite quad, taking a couple steps, doing hamstring kicks where you're swinging your leg back and forth. Uh, these can be more effective before you're working out or before exercise because that helps improve your overall mobility, helps activate the muscle. So, I like that. I, I related, Aaron, to um, I play golf a lot, and it's nothing like getting out of a car after an hour ride or 45-minute ride and going to the driving range, and, you know, you're, you're, you're stiff as a board, so to speak, and, I, you know, you're trying to warm up, and I, I get a weighted club, and I'm trying to swing that. Someone told me, you know, Steve, don't be embarrassed. Do jumping jacks or run in place. You got to warm your muscles up. You know, and especially sometimes we play in March and April when it's cold or in October, November when it's cold. And, you know, it's it's, uh, you know, sometimes with our ages and post surgeries and different things, you, you do get stiff. So give me some suggestions on something like that, how someone can warm up when when, you know, it's it's not kind of normal to do. Absolutely. No, great question. And as I was highlighting, I would think about, you know, depending on the activity level that you're doing. Um, you know, first you kind of want to start with some nice, easy movement. So this can be doing, you know, like I said, a quad stretch, a hip stretch, glute stretching. 
Um, I advise you to do these while, like, you know, pick a distance. If you're, per se, going outside, choose from a couple, you know, couple from your house to the next house or the neighboring block. We'll go back and forth walking and adding in some of these stretching movements. As you, you know, get more warmed up and start to kind of shake the, shake the dust off, you can add in a bit more of, um, like, plyometric or a little bit more impact movements, such as A skips, B skips. Even just regular uh, other running drills, which could include a bit of karaoke, doing some side shuffling, um, things to get your heart rate up, get your muscles warm before doing a, a workout. So I have a, a question for you about the the mental side of injuries. Um, you know, we obviously uh, there's the physical part of of being injured and and the anatomy of an injury. But how important do you, you know in your experience working with um, your patient population? Um, do you spend any portion of the visits or time sort of coaching up your your patients on on sort of the the mental side of recovering from an injury, meaning uh, getting them to a point where they're confident again to move uh, their body in a certain way, because you know, as a as a former college athlete myself, and someone who still is um, you know engaged in in sports and in fitness, um, I think that's a big component of the rehabilitation process. So, what is your take on that, and how often and how much time do you spend uh, sort of working with your patients on that? No, absolutely, and that's a huge component of getting back um, into sport, into your activity. A lot of people that are involved and invested in endurance sports, it's a huge, a huge mental toll when you're injured and can't participate. A lot of times people have been training for months, you know, especially if it's a long activity, you have all these long bike rides, long runs. Um, and it's really discouraging when you can't participate. So a lot of the time I'm with people, whenever I'm doing some hands-on work, we spend a lot of time, you know, where I'll be coaching them and talking through the, the process of getting back from injury. Um, you know, I feel like endurance athletes are very plan oriented and I always like to present my plan to them. Now I can't predict the future, so I don't know how quickly they'll be able to heal, but I try and always be rational and say, you know, like if you pull back right now, like let's give it two weeks where you really pull back and think about that. It's just two weeks. You can cross train. I always try and give other activities that they can still participate in. Um, and then say like, at this point, if you can, you know, hop on your foot this many times, then we'll be able to start progressing into this. And I always just kind of lay out that plan for them. And I, I think that's helpful. You know, a lot of it too is I, uh, one of the reasons I love being a physical therapist, I, I really enjoy talking with people and um, listening to them and having uh, someone there just to listen to that frustration. I'll say, I'll like, complain to me. Don't tell this to your husband at home. Don't take it to your kids. It's part of my job. Um, because if you can really help with that mental component of, uh, of being out of the game, I, I think that can help your whole mind body connection and getting better. And that's why I think, uh, I think it's a, it's a whole joint component of, you know, addressing the frustration as well as helping people get better and addressing the other frustrations of the injury. Aaron, uh, I want to ask you, for those who, who aren't injured, the, the, the endurance athletes, you, you've got that on one end. What about the recovery, um, the importance of, of having scheduled rest days? Sometimes they don't want to comply with that, right? They'd rather go seven days a week because I'm sure they feel like, well, if I'm not doing something today, I'm missing out, right? Yes. And that is something, you know, you definitely see as a struggle with people that really enjoy always being active and um, you know, I, through my career of swimming and running, et cetera, I've had that talk with myself. Like, I feel like I should be doing something. And 
having that recovery planned into your routine is essential to stay, you know, healthy. Um, you know, you can really risk the risk overtraining if you just continuously are pushing yourself. So I always choose and, and tell my athletes, tell my patients one day a week where you're off. You know, if you want to do something, doing a light yoga, doing some foam rolling, you can plan that into your day. That's important because you're still stretching and, you know, letting your body recover, but you need a day to decrease that intensity. Other things I suggest people can do is, you know, doing an ice bath on that day or ice bath after a hard workout, um, making sure they're spending some time with their foam roller. If they have a Theragun, making Theragun whatever sore. Um, organizing sports massage. These are all things that I encourage to help facilitate recovery um, and to help people relax and, you know, take some mental time too. So on, on the topic of just endurance sports in general, and obviously Steve mentioned at the beginning, the fact that, so how many marathons have you run? Seven? I've done seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. I've done a couple half marathons and I know that training even for those, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, slightly, um, bigger guy. So I'm not, I don't have a runner's body, but I know that I sort of followed a progression to sort of ramp up and get my, my body into, um, you know, shape to, to run that distance. What is the human body sort of made to do? I know we, it adapts to, um, you know, the, the, the length and the, um, intensity of workouts, but are there some people that you think are just more fit to do endurance sports and whereas others are just more, um, you know, physically capable of doing hit or are we all capable of the spectrum and how do you temper expectations for people who may have an injury because they're running and they're overdoing it on the running, um, at, you know, side of things. But the reality is that they're just maybe not cut out for that type of physical fitness or are we all capable of it? It's just how we ramp up and get to that, that, that certain point. You know, that brings up a really interesting point. Um, and I would say that, you know, I, I definitely think there are certain activities that others are, that people are better at. I know myself, I am someone that I can go pretty fast for a long time, but ask me to do a fast mile and I just don't have that fast twitch muscle um, where it could be someone else is really good at lifting, but doesn't have the endurance. I do think though, that if people are, you know, dedicated and want to try an activity, are you going to be, you know, going to the Olympics or winning the Chicago Marathon? No, but I think if you safely, um, you know, progress your your running mileage, you're taking those rest days, you're taking recovery. I do think that if a marathon or a half marathon is a goal that you have, I think it's feasible. Um, you know, you just have to alter and be um, mindful of your expectations. I would say we uh, want to. Take a quick little time out uh, visiting with Aaron Short. I'm Steve Cashel with Alex Soroka, our producer and um, co-host. I want to ask you when we come back, Aaron, about some of the common injuries you see uh, at your clinic and also some of your go-to core and uh, hip prehab exercises. And plus, we'll finish it off with any advice for new endurance athletes. But first, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is something you can't find anywhere else. The number one ranked orthopedic and spine care in Illinois. When it comes to diagnosing and addressing your pain, their team of orthopedic providers is focused on giving you the most effective treatments to help you feel and function better. With access to their orthopedic and spine experts conveniently located in six Chicagoland area locations, it's easier than ever to get you back to leading a full active life. Visit RushOrtho.com to learn more and to find a specialist. JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life. 
through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more. Sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. Okay, so uh, some of the common injuries seen in the clinic. And uh, by the way, Aaron, you're down at the Rush PT Clinic in Chicago, correct? Yes, I am at the uh, clinic in, located in Lincoln Square. Um, but I would want to highlight that there are over 60 community outpatient locations for Rush Physical Therapy throughout the Chicagoland area and in northern Indiana. Um, I'd also like to just mention briefly that, you know, injury prevention is, and is our key goal. But if someone is experiencing an injury, I would say, if, you know, if it's been a week or two, I, I say max two weeks and something is not getting better, I do recommend that you come to a Rush PT Center. Um, one of the great things that is now offered in the state of Illinois is something called direct access. Um, and what that is, is you can come directly to a Rush Physical Therapy Center and a licensed physical, physical therapist will do a, a thorough evaluation, work with the athlete, work with you, and help you get back into the road recovery. So although injury prevention is our key goal, if something is starting to pop up, um, Rush is here to help out. What are some of the symptoms? What are the red flags that uh, people should should be aware of before they go see you? Absolutely. No, it's a great question. I would say if you have any sharp, acute pain, if you have a lot of swelling in a certain area, you're not able to move correctly, like you're altering your gait, um, you have decreased range of motion. Um, those are all things that you should be on the lookout just in case, um, you know, to make sure that you're coming to see a therapist. Um, those are those red flags. So it, it, I think it's interesting. You mentioned if you, if your gait is off, if you are, you know, your range of motion might be off. Do you think that, that it's common that the layperson, um, you know, call them the average Joe doesn't maybe know or recognize that their mobility is restricted? Um, you know, maybe, uh, in those extreme circumstances when they're playing their sport, they may feel it, but, uh, I'm sure that you have plenty of patients who come in and you say, oh, wow, like your, your internal rotation, your external rotation is, is very bad. We need to work on that. And maybe they go, oh, really? I didn't, you know, I didn't know. So maybe talk about the proactive approach to coming in before you have pain. I mean, how often do people come in before they have pain? On the ortho side, I think our doctors would probably tell you that it's when the pain becomes too much that they find themselves on the schedule and in the clinic. But we would say, you know, take steps so that you're, you don't get to that point. Um, so in your world, how often do you think patients are surprised to learn about, um, the mobility issues they may have or range of motion issues because they're just not aware of what is normal and what is deficient? No, absolutely. And I would say, you know, lay person, I will have people that don't realize how off their mobility is. A lot of times, though, with people that are pretty involved in their endurance sport or really any, like, you know, any recreational athlete usually has a pretty good idea. Like, oh, yeah, I'm really tight here. I feel this when I run or I'm not surprised that this is happening because I have, you know, my foot hurts, but my hips been wrong. Sure. And I would say that is kind of where I go to the biggest surprise people will have is that they are weaker in their core and their hips than they think. It's okay. so interesting. I can have people that can run 20 miles super fast, no problem. And you watch them do a single leg squat or test their hip strength. And it is, is rough to see. And it's so funny because these people can be great athletes, but then they just don't have this core stability. And if that foundation is off, that's when things can crumble. Um, okay. And so I guess I would, to answer that, it's not as much the mobility that people are surprised at, but 
it's more of their strength that they're like, oh, I had no idea that this is this is why. And that education is a huge component that I think uh, really helps people set, shed some light on why uh, they may be experiencing what they are. Great. Understood. Yeah. So back to common injuries seen in the clinic, uh, Aaron. Yes. What what are you seeing from endurance athletes? What when you know what 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 pops up there that may uh, help our endurance athletes recognize you know when something's up? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say you know the biggest thing I'm seeing right now are a lot of runners just because we're getting back into you know marathon races are coming. Everyone's excited, and for that I'll see a lot of lower extremity injuries. Um, starting with your hip, you can have some piriformis. Um, syndrome, some glute knee tendonitis, and that'll be a lot of times you'll always feel like a sharp, super like tight muscle that's in your hip region around your glutes. Um, you can also have hip flexor strains. Um, that would be in the front of your hip where you're going to feel like, oh man, this is like, there's a pulling. Um, a lot of times too, the injuries that I'm seeing with runners, it can go down to your knee. So your IT band can be flared up. You can have issues with the way that your kneecap is tracking. Um, and then all the way down to the foot with plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, and a lot of these things are all overuse injuries. Uh, very common to have that repetitive activity consistently causing something to get flared up. So the IT band, you mentioned the IT band. I think with endurance athletes, you're doing a lot of straight running. You're running in a straight line. Yes. So I'm sure that's a very common because the IT band, obviously running on the side of, you know, um, of the leg there, it, it can get tight. So what are some symptoms of that an IT band can create for an endurance athlete or really any athlete who doesn't spend much time doing side to side work, but are mostly running, you know, straight forward? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing that I'll find with people with IT band syndrome is they're going to have pain on the side of their leg. Um, so a lot of times they'll be right in the side of their kneecap where you'll have kind of like a sharp pain and then you'll feel through and it, it, it seems that, sorry, it, you'll feel through and it will seem that uh, they do have this tightness that is all down the side, stemming from their hip to the side of their knee. And if you usually get that sharp knee pain, tightness on the side, that's an indicator. It's time to bust up that foam roller and, and really loosen up that IT band. I can tell you it's not fun to roll out the IT band. From experience. I know, I know. <laughs> and finally, I I, uh, I teased this, Aaron. I wanted to, you to share with our audience some of your go-to core and hip prehab exercises and also advice, finally, for new endurance athletes. What do you think? Absolutely. So my biggest advice for go-to core and hip exercises, it doesn't have to be this half-hour, hour-long routine. When I get done with a workout, I set my timer for like 10, 15 minutes, and I'll make myself go through this core or core and hip work. Um, that can include your planks, holding a side plank, doing some glute bridging. Um, I also look at doing single leg balance. Um, so single leg, maybe we're tipping forward, picking up a cup and standing back up. Um, and so those are all things that I would say that are, are really good to work on. Also your clams, doing some side steps, working on your hip muscles the side hip muscles. Um, and like I said, I, I designed a small circuit, go through it a couple of times. doesn't have to take forever. And uh, that's the best way to, to prevent those instabilities and that we break down in your core. And finally, advice for new endurance athletes. What should they be thinking about? Absolutely. So starting a new, new endurance endeavor is always exciting. Biggest advice I have is to make sure that you have a plan, um, either, you know, write it out, 
put in your goal races, put in any other things that you have coming up during the weekends that may inhibit or change up your training routine. Um, train smart. So listen to your body. Uh, have days that are more and less intense and make sure you're taking a rest day. And then I also would say find a group. Um, there's a lot of different groups all throughout Chicago. There's the Chicago Area Runners Association, Edge Athlete Lounge, Fleet Feet, um, just to name a few of groups that can um, like support you as you're running and make you excited to work with others. All right, one final question. I, I want to go back a few minutes ago when you brought up Theragun, okay? And I okay. want to know, Aaron... Um, cause I've got one. I also got the buff enough and I use it cause my, my shoulder was surgically repaired a couple of years ago. And whenever I play golf, lift weights, you know, I, I need to use those, um, you know, therapy machines, so to speak. Um, how long though do you do the Theragun, you know, uh, you know, and then I, I, I do it on my shoulder and on my rotator cuff and on my arm, but you know, I'm like, when do I stop? What, what suggestions do you have for when you're using some of these uh, devices? Absolutely. I would say do not spend more than like five minutes on one particular body part. The reason okay. being is sometimes a lot of patients come in and they will be bruised because they'll bruise themselves and go into town. So that doesn't mean you can't use it more than five minutes, but I would just focus, you know, more than five minutes on one particular muscle group. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough, because you know, you, you, it's these are great devices that I wish we had years and years ago. They're really neat, innovative, innovative things, and uh, just want to make sure we do it right. Aaron Short, Physical Therapy Center Manager, Russ PT, Lincoln Square in Chicago, and Aaron, thanks so much for uh, for joining us here on our Sports Medicine Weekly podcast episode. Thanks for having me, and uh, good luck to everyone that's training for a race coming up. You got it. We appreciate it. So we hope you enjoyed today's Sports Medicine Weekly episode. Be sure to add the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast to your playlist on Apple and Spotify. Listen in anytime, anyplace. Subscribe to Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. And final thanks to one of our other sponsors. Warm weather is here. Time to get outside. Enjoy your favorite activities. Spend precious time with family and friends. Aches, pains, or injury should not be part of the memories you're making. The therapists at Rush Physical Therapy are here for you with more than 60 locations throughout greater Chicagoland. Rush's clinical experts will get you back to life. Go to rushpt.com today to schedule an appointment. Not sure if physical therapy is right for you? Request a complimentary consultation and discover the power of Rush Physical Therapy today. Many thanks to our guest, Aaron Short, and for Alex Soroka, our producer and host, I'm Steve Cashel. Don't forget, new Sports Medicine Weekly podcasts are shared weekly on social media, and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So long, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk with you next time.